Hello and welcome to Politics, and episode it, 23. And then a British 9-11 truther messaged me on privately and told me he'd kick my teeth in. My name is Connor. I'm Rob. Um, he is a victim of gender-based jihadism. And he has decided to start shaving with Gillette to solve all the world's problems. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, I hope you're doing well. Hope you've had a lovely week. Um, things actually happened this week. So so, some some things happened. It's it's largely the same, mm. but some things actually happened. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into American news, as we usually do. As we usually do. Trump, 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 Trump. So, um, the U.S. government is still shut down. Yeah, it is. Um, I think they're nearing on the second paycheck being missed. Do they get paid fortnightly? Or some it, or some of them must. Yeah. I don't know if it was the case if they got paid early over the Christmas because that oh, tends to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's, that, that's why it was big. I've actually thing. forgotten how long it was going on. It has, it's been on since it's mid like 20 December. Five days or something now? Uh, it's nearly like a month. Has, has to be more. Has to be more because it um, didn't it kick, not kick off before Christmas. Yeah, 21st or something. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's still going on. But today, this week, uh, Trump offered some breed of an olive branch. Oh. Or so he thought. <laughs> so he, uh, he, he... It was a wall made put, of olive he branches. He put up a thing and he, he offered um, extend protections to dreamers, which, are, which is the, uh, the deferred action on child... Um, mm-hmm. Asylum immigrants? seekers? Asylum seekers. Asylum seekers or whatever. Something, something along those lines. Anyway, de- deferred action on childhood arrivals. That's it. Uh, which is basically if uh, people who are brought to America as children as Ill- as illegal immigrants um can stay and work and work towards getting yeah the idea is that they've been brought when they were too young to be like basically be able to refuse. too young to be rapists or gang members basically. <laughs> um you you're never too young yes you are rob uh, <laughs> there's definitely there is definitely a limit on how young you can be and be those things <laughs> uh, to get you. so anyway so there was uh to extend projections to dreamers um and there was something else on the that's a temporary and also extend temporary protected status to citizens of certain African and South American countries who have temporary permission to stay in the United States due to circumstances such as natural disasters. However, seems fair. Uh, the House Speaker said the offer was unacceptable and did not represent a good faith effort to restore certainty to people's lives mm. because, as Chuck Schumer says, Trump himself had decided to end the DACA and TPS protection programs, moves that have since been held up in the courts. And since it was the president who single-handedly took away the DACA and TPS protections in the first place, offering some protections back in exchange for the wall is not compromise, but more hostage-taking. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you took something away and said, I, I, want, I, want, I want that thing, and I'll give you back the things that I took. That's, yeah. that's, you should be doing that anyway. Yeah. That shouldn't be a part of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. But also, in, in, this, in this statement that he put out, which was supposed to be this all of Angie, hey, come around the table and let's get the government back working again. He also said, this is a common sense compromise both parties should embrace. The radical left can never control our borders. I will never let it happen. Okay. So in the, olive, in, in, the, in the thing that was supposed to convince the other side to come to the table, he referred to them as the radical left and said, I will never let them take control of the border. Does that mean he's not going to outsource <laughs> the like construction to George Soros's liberal construction company? No, it's going to go into a Trump construction company and he just won't pay the workers anyway. Yeah. Ironically, full of Mexican workers. That was actually great when I saw the, the, uh, during the week, which was... Um, as like you know, Trump has control of of you know the the the, gov- the government coffers, and he's not paying contractors, mm. which should come as a, as a surprise to literally no one who has had any kind of look at his books regarding paying contractors. <laughs> <laughs> he is notorious for just not paying invoices, and then and then kind of going, "I've got more lawyers than you. You can bring me a small claims court if you want." Yeah, well, I mean, it's the, it's that Bill Gates joke, isn't it? It's like, well, I didn't get rich by writing a load of checks. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and then there was also a little bit of back and forth between Pelosi and Trump. And um, Pelosi said, her. "Hey, we should uh, defer the State of the Union address because uh, part of the shutdown is your uh, you're shutting down um, the Secret Service. Yeah, they aren't getting paid, mm. so your protection isn't up to standard. Mm. So we should def- we should defer the State of the Union until that's back up to scratch. Okay, for the protection of the officials involved, i.e., you, and sent this as a as a public letter and uh, a personal letter to to Donald Trump." And in retaliation to that, Mr. Trump cancelled a planned trip by Nancy Pelosi and a congressional <laughs> delegation to Afghanistan oh, yeah, just minutes yeah. before they were due to board the air, leave Washington, D.C. by oh, denying God. members of Congress use of a military plane. <laughs> I just, last minute, 
just no, you're not doing it. Yeah. It's it's it'd be it'd be wonderful if it wasn't so tragic. It's not yeah, it's that it's that thing of like this would be really it's again it's another one of those things like this would be really really funny if it was scripted in a TV show but it's happening for real so I'm terrified yeah so yeah that's where we are with the uh, with the shutdown at the moment which is to say not roughly where we were not moving very far and then the other one that was in the news this week was um, so BuzzFeed put out a thing saying that Michael Cohen who was his uh, Donald Trump's former personal lawyer uh, who has lied to Congress and admitted that he perjured himself yeah. in Congress. And the thing he perjured himself about was um, about Donald Trump's dealings with Moscow to build Trump Tower there, build a Trump Tower in Moscow, Trump Hotel. Yeah. And uh, Michael Cohen had said that it had ended in January 2016. And then he later conceded the talks had continued right up to June 2016 when Mr. Trump was on the brink of clinching the Republican nomination for president. Right. So he lied about how late they went on because the whole thing was this is about the, the, the Russian involvement and his, his compromises and like his involvement with uh, Russian business dealings while running for the presidency. Right. And you know that whole uh, uh, conflict of interest thing. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, that whole thing that you're supposed to put all your holdings funny. into blind trust <laughs> so you don't have a conflict of interest while you're running a country. Yes. And he just didn't. didn't. <laughs> He just didn't. No, Turns out that's not a law, so he just didn't do it. Nobody can do anything. Yeah, no, it's fine, though, because his son is looking after that. Like, his son couldn't look and look after himself. Ooh. I'm not I'm not entirely sure Eric Trump can feed himself. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Melania has to mama bird him, which is weird because it's not his kid. It's not her kid. Like. <laughs> but anyway, BuzzFeed put out a thing. Uh, BuzzFeed report read that Mr. Trump instructed Mr. Cohen to lie. Because up until now, and it's very different. Up thing. until now, Trump's line has been he was he was off on his own doing his own thing. I yeah. made, I made a bad judgment call on him. Normally, I'm good at picking the right people. I pick the best people, right? Uh, the best people, but he's obviously a bad dude. So that's a really so weird whatever. statement for somebody who's been married three times to say. And yet, <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, um, Buzz, Buzzfeed put out a thing saying they have two sources from the special counsel's office from Robert Mueller's uh, investigations office. Uh, that say that uh, Trump had instructed him to lie represents a much more serious allegation one that could Im- implicate the president in a felony. Just 24 hours after the original account, uh, article appeared, the Office of the Special Counsel issued a statement dismissing the report. BuzzFeed's description of specific statements to the Special Counsel's office and characterization of documents and testimony obtained by this office regarding Michael Cohen's congressional testimony are not accurate, a spokesperson said. Okay. They don't say anything about anything. They keep everything real shut up tight and mm-hmm. they don't put out public statements. So mm-hmm. this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but BuzzFeed's editor then went on to say that uh, the news website continued to stand by the story. In particular, he suggested the special counsel statement was ambiguous in its assertions about what it was disputing. <laughs> you said one thing, <laughs> you had one assertion and he disputed that you the thing that you said. Yeah. In response to the statement from the special counsel spokesman, we stand by our reporting and the sources who informed it. We urge the special counsel to make clear what he's disputing. It seems pretty clear. Seems pretty clear. <laughs> I mean, it, so it, yeah, it's just it's just an interesting little like thing that Buzzfeed put out a thing, and then it's the like the one thing that the special counsel actually put out a thing. Go no, 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 that, no, that's sh- not no, that's not true. Don't don't go saying stuff because that's very different. And if it was true, shut up, because we're sitting on that for a reason. You shits. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying is that the um, you're in favour of uh, telling the press to shut up? No, I'm in favour <laughs> of telling BuzzFeed to shut up. <laughs> um, although uh, hilariously, uh, Rudy Giuliani also yeah, Rudy made some made some made some statements saying is our understanding that they the discussions went on throughout 2016. So which what? appears to be letting it slip that uh. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, maybe they they didn't stop in January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throughout twenty sixteen. Tw- January is throughout twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. It would be so like it's, yeah. It's it's just a yeah. It's, it, 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 it was the first three weeks of January. <laughs> That's throughout twenty. Look behind you. So yeah, that is that is a thing. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, that is one of those rare cases of BuzzFeed actually doing uh, actual journalism. And failing miserably at it. Yeah, which is a shame because, I mean, the last time they did it was the whole 
the Weinstein debacle. Yeah, yeah, Weinstein debacle. And yet somehow they have, uh, you know, you would think that would that would have been the jumping off point for BuzzFeed where they would have kind of gone, uh, you know what, we actually got this right and it's done a lot. Maybe we should stick to this, uh, this, this whole, like, positive journalism, actual in-depth research thing. I mean, we could... Or, or we could, could plunge a load of clickbait. Or people could find out which Spice Girl they are. <laughs> Meh? Uh. Yeah, I think they're better off staying a dark horse and coming out with something big every now and again. Yeah. I think you're a scary Spice. Thank you. You're welcome. I am sassy. <laughs> okay, that's all I got on US news. I have nothing on US news. because Good, I, we I, can move on. Yay. Straight on to Brexit. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, howdy. Okay. Uh, strap in and so, strap on. I will not do that second one. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> in retrospect, that was a terrible suggestion. <laughs> so, um, the Brexit deal that Theresa May came up with, which was due to be voted on about the time of the release of the last episode. Uh, we vo- we put it out last Monday, Monday and the vote came out last Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So a day after. Yeah. Um, she was voted down. Resoundly voted Ooh. down. Yeah, it was four, four thirty-two votes to two hundred two. Yeah, so it was it was a, a defeat it was a, it was a, of two hundred and thirty votes, which is the largest the government. Yeah, the largest defeat that a sitting government has had in the UK since the end of the Second World War. Approximately, uh, all the DUP and some one hundred and eighteen Conservative MPs voted against the deal. That's got a sting. 118 of your own party members voted against the deal, which is insane. So then what happened was uh, Corbyn decided, well, okay, you've clearly failed to deliver on this mandate. People are completely opposed to you. So I'm going to table a vote of no confidence and we're going to try and get it. Now's the time, Jeremy. Call it now. (laughs) They'll all be behind you. (laughs) They're obviously all behind you. They're all against Theresa May. And it's beaten. And he, he lost that Theresa May won that vote on no confidence. 325 to 306. Which is about her majority. A little bit, yeah. And maybe slightly more. Slightly more than her majority. Um, And the entire political world looked at the UK and looked at the Tories and the DUP and went, okay, so what you're telling us is you don't like the deal that this Prime Minister has spent three years cultivating. You you absolutely, you're, you're not behind it at all and you want it gone. But you do want her to still be in charge. Yeah, I mean, I can see being unhappy with the deal she got and not wanting to switch jockeys this close to the end of the race. Well, yeah, of course they don't want to switch jockeys it's because they, if they call for a general election, they might lose, one, the Tories might lose their seats, and two, the DUP might not hold the sway of power anymore. So that's the exact opposite of what they want. Yeah. Now, I completely understand their reasons for uh, looking to keep her in charge I'm just saying I think they're dumb yeah like it, if, if, you, if you're gonna have her be in power then let her lead yeah and I mean, let her do the thing it's, it's genuinely you've spent three years trying to cultivate this deal and your attitude you don't is, trust her yeah uh, we'd, we'd rather have no deal than, than this deal okay well then you want somebody else to negotiate it no no we just she, want her to go back and do the same and get no deal and get no deal uh, okay as I said, Tory backbenchers, yeah, punch in the face, all of them. <laughs> like, um, to be fair, like I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not. They're disagreeing They're making with me you. feel empathy for <laughs> Theresa May. I don't like these feelings. That, 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 that poor, poor woman. Um, what was the one I was thinking? You of? shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> At no point should I ever feel pity for a Tory PM. Never. <laughs> um, what was the one I I was thinking of there? The yeah, but I mean, like the, the whole thing. Yeah, that was it. The whole thing on the the Tory backbenchers. Like this entire debacle has been created and made worse by Tory backbenchers. This is where all of this stemmed from. This whole thing came about because Cameron couldn't quell the fucking um, rabble rousers in his backbench. He couldn't tell the EU skeptics to just shut up and go away. And rather than risk losing the leadership of the party, or I don't know what his motivation was, he decided to take an internal uh, Tory squabble and turn it into an international incident. Ah, what else would you expect of a pigfucker? <laughs> he couldn't get his dick out of that swine long enough to smell what the 
what was, what, what was cooking. I, I'm sure his wife's a lovely woman. Not what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and now the back... I mean, pen- she's got terrible taste. <laughs> I'd say their sitting room's lovely as fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Now I kind of want to know what David Cameron's rumpus room looks like. <laughs> Stripes with shag pile. My God. This is very mustard, isn't it? <laughs> I just found the entire gold-plated bar to be a bit extra. <laughs> anyway. Um, the mannequin with the face of Winston Churchill seemed a <laughs> bit odd. I mean, I'd expect a bust, but this is a bit weird. <laughs> it's a rubber mask. Does that come off? Is it, is it stained? <laughs> oh, uh, dear. Yeah, it turns, out, it turns out he's got an inflatable Maggie Thatcher doll that he uses to drive in the carpool lane. <laughs> Amongst others. And, 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 only, <laughs> and only, only that, that purpose. The... Um, uh, and yeah now the, the Tory backbenchers are still causing trouble by just going no we don't want that deal okay what deal do you want no you sort it out and this has repeatedly been the thing time it's and time the again the toddler saying we're having chicken for dinner I don't like chicken what do you want dinner <laughs> <laughs> you little shit eat what I give you fuck it <laughs> but I mean like there's no it's, it's can, in no you way got two choices take it or leave it <laughs> it can in no way better be summed up than when Varadkar turned around to them what was it last year when they kind of went like oh well we don't really think just think the Irish PM is causing a lot of trouble and you know he should really be more, a bit more forthcoming with uh, some uh, what you call it uh, consolidate with uh, com- compromises on this whole thing and his response was no no you did this you wanted this you organise it. You deal with it. You do it. This we'll be, we'll be all right. We've got twenty six friends over here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, yeah. It's that genuine thing of just kind of going. You know what? You tell us what you want. We'll, we'll tell you if it's workable, and then we'll come to it. Yeah, you're holding us hostage. I. Is there a grown up here that I can <laughs> talk to? <laughs> nurse, nurse, he's out of bed again. Um. Yeah, and that's kind of been it. We're waiting for Plan B to come no, out. Pla- go- plan B came out today. Oh, yeah, it got broke this evening around 7 o'clock. Plan B came out today, and Plan B is... Mm. Um, according to The Independent, Groundhog Day. Derision as Mayenville's Plan B, identical to Plan A. <laughs> right, first and, first and foremost, it's Groundhog May. <laughs> you idiots. Second and we did it last we week. We did it last week. PM's plan to overturn biggest defeat in Commons history and win support for her deal amounts to waiving EU settled status fee of £65. And hoping for more concessions on the backstop. It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. No matter what Poland says, shut up, Poland. Do you want to? Do you want to actually explain explain that one? Yeah, I was going to come back to it later. Um, I will come back. Well, to let's, it. let's no, come no, back I'll, to come, that ba- I'll come back to it later as well. But I'll I'll bring it up while while I'm here. Hang on, where's my notes? Um, where's he gone? Yeah, Polish foreign minister today was um, reported as saying, "What's his name?" Um, I don't speak Polish, so please excuse me. But uh, foreign minister Jacek. Chaputovic said Ireland should make concessions on Brexit so essentially what he was trying to say was that if Ireland were to agree to um, a time limit on the backstop deal of say five years this whole thing would be a lot more workable than it actually is Um, and instead their refusal to acknowledge this is actually driving us closer and closer to a hard Brexit now Poland has been the one member state who has been even slightly vocally on the UK side, basically because there's such a high amount of um, Polish immigrants living in the UK and Ireland that they're, you know, they're, yeah, they're looking out for they their got own a vested people. interest, yeah. Yeah, but the only thing is, basically, they're undermining the entire process by coming out with this bullshit, and the EU has, like, repeatedly told them to shut up and slap them down. I mean, just this evening, um, I can't remember which German minister, I think it was the uh, deputy chancellor, came out and basically went, no, that's not a thing. We're not going with that. And Simon Coveney had to come out and say, yeah, we already spoke to him about this and we told him no. And (laughs) in person, he was very understanding about it. But it seems basically he's decided to go back to his own newspapers and go, you know, maybe if they did this thing, the whole thing would be easier. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe if the UK just said, you know, actually, this is a bit too much hassle. Um, Let's let's leave it. Do you want to be the easiest? If he just didn't leave at all, <laughs> <laughs> I did see someone make the point online. I did say see someone make the point online. Status during, quo would be the easiest thing. Let's be fair here. Dur- during the week, that in actual fact, an easier thing to solving this would be if we just left Britain in the EU and formed a second version of the EU with twenty seven member states <laughs> separate from the UK. 
and just left them in the EU with their with their own rules and regulations. How about you stay in the EU? The rest of us will leave the EU. <laughs> we call it. The and we'll be the European community. <laughs> we call it. We call it the No Islands oh, Union. An economic European economic community. We'll call it. Wait a second. We have that. Are we? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. It's called the No Islands Union. Ah, oh, but you let Ireland in. Yeah, No Islands. We're allowed one. Poor Cyprus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah, poor Cyprus. Poor Cyprus, <laughs> I guess. Cyprus, you're out. Malta, um, you're out. Nil point all round. <laughs> um, on the subject of... Have you got any more on... On Brexit? Uh, not directly on Brexit, but I've got plenty on the DUP. Of course uh-huh. you do. <laughs> of course, of course you do. I just hate them so much. Is it a Monday? Of course you got something <laughs> to grace about the DUP. Um, I've, I've got, I've got one. Uh, like a a, a, a nice bit, a bit, a bit of maths about about Brexit for you. Oh, um, fun. Two days ago was mm. crossover day. Okay. Which is if everybody voted, if we had another referendum today. And yeah. everybody voted the exact same way. Yes. Um, like demographically. Yes. Um, Brexit would fail. Okay. Because enough leave voters had died, and enough <laughs> remain voters have come of age, that the demographics have shifted by the million votes necessary. Excellent. To cause excellent. Even if the vote, even if everybody voted the exact same way according yeah. to the demographics. Now the thing is, math- you, mathematically, you need everybody to continue voting the same way. But I, I no, I, no, this this is broken down by like older yeah, no, people vote you. more and younger people vote less. No, I get and you. The the things. And um, so yeah, yeah, the demographic factors alone are causing the leave majority to shrink by around thirteen fifty a day, or almost a half million a year. Yeah, I'm telling you now, like within a decade, they're going to be back in, and that or was, at least lobbying to come back yeah, in. Yeah, and that was two days ago. Well, there you go. Just 10 weeks short of the 29th of March. <laughs> and I just thought that was an interesting little uh, little number crunch that was done. No, it's a good one. Um, but as I say, like, I'm, I firmly reckon in, with it, give it a decade max and they're going to be lobbying to come back in. Um, I reckon what's going to happen is you're going to get the... So this government's going to end once the whole Brexit deal is done. May is going to step down. Uh, there'll, there'll be a leadership challenge and there'll, there'll be, be so fractured challenge. Uh, they might get one in. There's due to be... When was it? Last year? It depends year? if Labour can get their shit together and actually get behind, get a unified front going on. Yeah, no. Which is never going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Not while Corbyn's in charge. So it's yeah. two fractured fronts. I mean, like... If it wasn't a two-party system, somebody could fucking nip in there. Oh, like. leading to the resurgence of the Lib Dems! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they've been waiting... That'd be a, gas. They've been waiting a century for this. Um, the what was I thinking of? Um, yeah. So what's going to happen is uh, then over the next general election, they'll that uh, that government is going to be the ones who are going to have to deal with the fallout of Brexit. Then the general election after that is the one where you're going to ha- start seeing parties lobby on. Oh, I think we should discuss returning to the EU. That one is going to cause the, the trigger the referendum to see if they come back in. Yeah, probably. That's that's my predictions right now. It's gonna it's gonna have to take. Remainers getting louder. Well, there's only going to be more of them over the next ten years. More yeah. and more, like if you're talking about the fact that the the demographics have already shifted, yeah, that, and that's just pure numbers wise. It's going to shift more, and then I guarantee you, once the shit hits the fan in the next eighteen months, yeah, there's going to be call for a second referendum. They're going to. Start. I, I think that's going to pick up steam as well. The second referendum, yeah, because you're not voting on the same thing. No, if this isn't this isn't like going back on democracy. It's you're voting on a completely different thing with different information. Yeah. Um, although have you seen the other one it's like now they, they're they they're going back to this grumbling about trying to change the, the Good Friday Agreement of course they are yeah it's because uh, most people like most people who want to leave the EU don't understand what and why the Good Friday Agreement is yeah but I mean again Varadkar summed it up really nicely with the first time this was brought up it was the whole thing of like no you can't alter that because this isn't a bipartisan agreement between uh Ireland and yeah, this is England. this is this isn't a bilateral thing. This is a, a multinational thing. thing. Yeah, <laughs> this is an inter- like an international treaty. This needs to be fucking looked at. Yeah, um, and also actually on the subject of Good Friday Agreement, I'll I'll uh, bring them up again later on. But there was a piece in the Irish Times earlier on this week by uh, one of the columnists, a guy called Newton Emerson. Now I will say, normally I actually quite like Newton and his like uh, his spin on stuff because he's from the north, so he's actually got a pretty decent. 
insider um, info yeah insight on the way like what's going on at the moment but he had one where he's basically he was giving out about the um the irish government that they've backed themselves into a corner now and they've made like the hard brexit more likely because of the fact that they won't be moved on this backstop thing and one of the points he brought up was essentially um people keep you know they keep saying that they can't have a hard border in Ireland because it's going to alter the Good Friday Agreement. It's going to be a breach of the Good Friday Agreement and this is a problem, etc, etc. And then he made the comment about the fact that nowhere in the Good Friday Agreement does it actually mention a border or their, it, the north-south uh, border, like basically being borderless. Which is an excellent point to make until you consider the fact that the Good Friday Agreement was written in 1998 when both countries were members of the EU when borders weren't an issue. Also, that's the kind of thing that doesn't need to be said. Yeah. Why would you need to say that? Yeah. That's obvious. So, but I mean, as I said, like, it was written in 1998 when the, 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 they were both members of the EU. So unless you're saying that people, like, they, um, when they drafted the Good Friday Agreement, they should have gone, now, hang on a second. What happens if in 20 years' time the UK goes off its nut and decides they want to leave the EU? Jerry, shut up. This is, look at him. He's being crazy again. So, yeah. like um, this, does, this is an argument I've heard referenced a couple of times, this whole idea of, like, well, the Good Friday Agreement doesn't actually have anything about the uh, about a border in it. It doesn't need to. It doesn't, yeah. Like, what, why would it... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it, do, it, it does have a thing about... Like, it probably has a lot about stopping hostilities. And even just saying the word border. <laughs> hey, speaking of saying the word border... DUP said some dumb shit this week. All right, I assume we're moving on to punchable faces. Uh, well, he's no, got that. He's got that look in his eyes I've again. Got that look in my <laughs> uh, well, we'll move on to punchable faces. But I want. Like, where'd you get the brass knuckles? It's <laughs> <laughs> my secret, Connor. I'm always carrying the brass knuckles. <laughs> you never know when you're going to run across Sammy Wilson in the streets. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. This week has genuinely made one of my life goals to be to meet Arlene Foster and tell her what a fucking spa she is to her face. <laughs> Genuinely, like oh, I don't care. I don't care if it's for a work function. And it's like, oh, this is the uh, de- deputy minister. For, this is the former minister of the north, uh, Arlene Foster. You're a fucking dope. You're a fucking dope. Yeah, sack me. I don't care. Yeah. You're a fucking dope. <laughs> Here's everything you've done that's fucking stupid. It's Co- your biography. Come back. Come back. I have a longer <laughs> list. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Um. So oh, Rob, she doesn't have feelings. She can't cry. <laughs> Go on. Ice, <laughs> ice can't cry, it only melts. Uh, yeah, Arlene Foster turned around during the week and said there was never a hard border between the Republic and the North. Which is... That's a fib. This is... This is either... This is either blatant lies or a level of stupidity that I find unfathomable. And honest to God, I don't know which one's scarier. Well, it's, it's, it, it might be just being deliberately, like, obstructionist. Like, you know, technically, there was still freedom of movement. There was just, you know, occasional random military checks yeah, that the... ended in people getting shot by the British Army. <laughs> there, was a, there, was a, there was no hard border. You just had checkpoints where you had to get out of your car, hand over your passport, have it stamped, get back into your car, drive into the north, and once you'd picked up your green diesel, you turned around and had to do the whole thing again. So I don't know what they think a border is. <laughs> like, so she turned around and, she, and her, like, I'm paraphrasing ever so slightly because the quote was slightly longer, but I've, I've kept the, the main points, which is, as someone who lived through the troubles, we never had a hard border. They couldn't hermetically seal the border, so it's a bit of nonsense, really. So basically what she's saying is... She's saying there wasn't a full wall across the entire border. Exactly. That's what a hard border means to her. Yes. Because there were parts of... she's an idiot. Because she's a fucking dope. Who was in charge of a country. <laughs> because, because there were parts of the border where you could actually just walk across and not bump into an invisible wall. I don't know, because they didn't wrap the entirety of the North in cling film. Uh, apparently there's no hard border Ooh, there. Ooh, that'd be more... Um... That'd be a much more uh, feasible option, actually. You keep all that ammonia in as well, actually. It would massively cut down the greenhouse emissions. Yeah, they could, they could just burn wood pellets and, uh, <laughs> and stay to stay to keep themselves afloat. <laughs> what if we do... You see, now, if they hadn't burnt all those pallets, what they could have done was uh, put the entirety of the north on top of them and floated it out into the North Sea. Are you saying pallets or pellets? First one, then you... Yes. 
Um, Actually, that'd be a fucking cast one if they uh they built the uh the the twelfth of July um fucking effigies, <laughs> yeah, the towers, just... the fucking bonfires, made them out of wood pellets and got their one sixty back on the, on the dollar. <laughs> It turns out that the the twelfth bonfires have just been a massive like cash scheme for years. <laughs> I've actually been heating my home using the heat from that bonfire across the green for some years now. Can I claim that back? Um, so fucking. Uh, Jeez, that would have been a great joke to make two years ago. I would have been. Uh, <laughs> if only we'd have been smarter back then. Go on. Uh, <laughs> my new, our new favorite person, uh, Sammy Wilson. <laughs> Uh, he was out and he doubled down on the whole thing his exact word his, his phrase was there was never a hard border in Northern Ireland quote the only hard border we ever had in Northern Ireland was a hard border which resulted from the actions of Republicans so just to rewind that tape for five seconds we've never had a hard border in Ireland stop the only hard border we had now already you've you've, you've, you've <laughs> contradiction you it's already contradiction you had one point there was one point in that entire statement which was there was no hard border yeah, and I'll, you immediately I'll... followed with the only hard border we had. Yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't actually the British Army at all, man. On those checkpoints, it was actually distant Republicans. Yeah, apparently, the only <laughs> I don't, I yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> His response was. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. Tens of thousands of, Brit- of British army troops failed to secure a hard border. Tens of thousands. Now, I don't know the exact numbers of military troops stationed in the north during the trouble, but I can't imagine it was more than twenty thousand, which I think is one of the the numbers I've seen thrown around before. Now, if that is the case, while that while saying tens of thousands is technically correct, it's also massively incorrect. <laughs> so, unless every single member of the British military stationed in Northern Ireland stood linking arm to arm around the border. Again, this is what they think a hard border is. It needs to be. Oh man, I think I think I think Donald Trump has just completely. <laughs> Changed our uh, what, change our definition of what a border is. Okay, I've just been handed a note by our intern steak knife. At the peak of the operation in the nineteen seventies, about twenty one thousand British troops were deployed. That was pretty fucking close. Yeah, good man. So <laughs> tens of thousands. Now again, technically, 20, literally tens of thousands. Literally, literally, literally technically, tens of, <laughs> technically tens of thousands. However, unless, as I said, they formed a human shield <laughs> around the border. Don't worry, chaps. None of those awful paddies will get through now. That's not what that. So so what are we talking? One face, two one, one face, two faces, one punch. Or a punch each. Uh, do, 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 I mean, it's a bumper edition this week. You know what? Just just go. You go know wider. what? Th- th- I'm gonna being 100 percent honest. That whole shit about like no, we don't have. There was never a hard border. Is so blatantly wrong and insulting. That's oh, three faces. Sorry, uh, your man Emerson. Emerson. Yeah. That's um, three faces. Three faces, one punch. Uh, I'm gonna have to knuckle and a half each. I don't think that's gonna work. I'm gonna have to. It's gonna have to be a punch each. It has to be a punch. That's so like. Well, bumper edition it. That's so like horrifically insulting that I I can't turn around and say ah you know what just lump them in together. That's fucking awful. Like the fact that she opened that line with I lived through the troubles and no no and you lived through the troubles. You know this isn't fucking true. What is wrong with you, you dozy bint? Oh lord. So anyway, uh, do you have anybody else for punchable faces when moving? I've we'll only got we'll bu- just, I've only we'll got Buzzfeed we'll, on there. Um, oh, for, for making all of Buzzfeed for making Trump come out with uh, a tweet, he must have uh, he must he must have fucking had a few twitches when he was writing this one. Covefi, because uh, it 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 took two of his two of his most hated entities and two of his most bitched about entities, which is the special counsel witch hunt and the the fake news media. I thought they were pitched them against each other. I thought you were just going to say his ex wives. And he went on against. Uh, he welcomed the special counsel statement on Saturday. I appreciate the special counsel coming out with a statement last night. I think it was very appropriate that they did so. I very much appreciate that. But he added that the disputed report was a disgrace to journalism. Uh, mm-hmm. As in, he went like, you know, yeah, they're they're fake news, and it's the, the special counsel is doing that. I mean, they're, it's, it's a witch hunt, and it's all bogus. But you know, this one thing that they said was right. <laughs> but don't trust anything else that they say, especially if it's bad about me. But if it's good about me, you can believe it. It's also that whole thing of like, I mean, <clears throat> sticking in my throat. Technically, he's te- te- 
Technically, he's not wrong. <sighs> we'll just have a, a, a quick technical break while we clean up uh, vomit off the table. <laughs> it is an insult to yeah, journalism. This, 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 is, this is why I'm punching BuzzFeed in the face. Because they're making him correct. <laughs> they're doing that thing that you don't have to do, which is make up shit. You don't have to make up shit. He has an, he's given you enough rope. You're swimming in rope with which to hang him. Don't make shit up. You're proving his point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you've got one for BuzzFeed, uh, one for Foster, because she's... Let's put a face on that. Uh, oh, oh, it's the editor. The editor doesn't have an, isn't named in this. So. Uh, the editor of BuzzFeed. I'm oh, well. pretty sure we can find that quick enough. Um, his face. Google his, his name. <laughs> punch that face. <laughs> Google his name. Well, while I'm looking for his name, the um, uh, other ones are, we've obviously, we've got um, Arlene Foster, because she's a big lion hack. Um, yeah. Yeah, we did, right? We've got Sammy Wilson. Actually, brief, just brief side note on Sammy Wilson. I, 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 I don't know if I brought this up last week. I genuinely don't. I apologise. I know we've been doing this a lot over the past couple of weeks where we've been kind of going, did I say this last week? I don't know. I'm, I'm, tell, it, tell you what, Rob, you go on. I'm going to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it has hit the point, though, where we're going to have okay. to start listening. The, to uh, the, the editor-in-chief of BuzzFeed News is Ben Smith, which is a name I would make up if I had to make up an American man. <laughs> um... The <laughs> sorry, it's <a> good one. <laughs> that is the whitest sounding name I've ever heard, and that makes me believe that he 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 must be any other ethnicity. No, he's a, he's 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 creamy man. He's smooth. Oh, he's real white. <laughs> <laughs> he's he what Aryan motherfucker. <laughs> he's he's so white. He's wearing a. He's he's so white. He's wearing a tofu coloured jacket <laughs> and Fucking a salmon tie belt around his nipples. Well, you know he needs to. Eventually, needs to work it up to his neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way he's going to thrill himself. <laughs> anyway, I was and giving out about the DUP. <laughs> you were giving out the DUP. Sorry, just again. I can't remember <laughs> if I said this last week about Sammy Wilson, but here's the story. So. Uh, kind of educated guesses circulating around at the moment are because all of a sudden I'd never heard of Sammy Wilson right and I listened to the shit coming out of the north on a regular basis never heard of Sammy Wilson right he is currently he's the DUP do you remember a couple of weeks ago we were going who the fuck is he he's the DUP's leader in Westminster and their Brexit spokesman so this is A why he's starting to get really really mouthy but my uh, hot take on it is that rumours abound that when this uh, Cash for Ash inquiry comes back in April... You did say this last week because you were saying that he's going he's, he's, he's gonna for the leadership. Bit. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did say it last you did week. Say it last That's week. fine. Yeah. Just doubling down on it. He's making a push for the leadership. That's what's going to happen. Right. And he's worse than her, if that's possible. Anyway, at, at, towards the end of Punch Awards, we have... Uh, so the Healy Rays! The Healy Rays! Oh, it's been a while. Michael so, and Danny. Um, spoiler warning, we are going to do exactly, feed exactly into what uh, they want. Yeah, and so... Um, <laughs> Out of their media machine. <laughs> if any representatives of the Healy Rays would like to contact us to give us a kickback on the fact that we're about to just fund their entire campaign, uh, you know, donations via... A self-addressed brick. Self-addressed brick through our front window. So it all started off uh, sometime last week when, uh, in an interview, Varadkar made a comment. It was the same. It was the day before the um, report was published that said people in the West need to cut down on their meat consumption by ninety percent, or otherwise we're going to have a massive problem. Yeah, because one, one, one of the biggest um, contributors of methane gas to the uh, atmosphere is uh, cattle farming. Yeah, and, and it's a it's a twofold problem as well because a you've got um, cattle actually releasing methane, which is problematic. But b and hilarious and hilarious. What killed the humans? Cow farts. <laughs> and the other side of it is in a lot of um, developing countries, especially in South America, um, it's led to widespread deforestation as they try and clear room for grazing land for the cattle. Oh, that's right too. And um, yeah. this this is also comes back to Bolsonaro's thing of... Uh, deregulating um, protected status for indigenous tribes and yes. protected lands for indigenous tribes. Yeah. Um, Which is really bad. Yes. 
Um, it's one of those things that the further you dig into it, the worse it like gets. A bona fide humanitarian crisis. <laughs> yeah, like there's, yeah. there's nobody looking out for these people. And yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that, that that's one of the things that came out. And as a result, one of the things, um, a lot of people are uh, basically kind of going, yeah, I'm going to, if not convert to veganism, I'm going to massively cut down the amount of red meat I'm eating. Fair. Fine. No problem. So uh, Varadkar in Also, interview, it's cheaper and rent's going up. Yeah. Um, Leo Varadkar in a meeting in an interview last week made the comment basically that he's trying to cut down on the amount of red meat he's eaten for environmental reasons and this brought on the ire of the man of the people Danny Healy Ray who was quoted as saying that uh, the suggestions that people should stop eating meat to help tackle climate change is ridiculous Uh, he (laughs) This is the man who was once quoted as saying that I believe only God above is in charge of the weather. <laughs> His exact quote was, and I'm, I'm reading this verbatim from an article because it, I, I'm not um, misquoting Let's this. not misquote him. No, no. <laughs> Let's not misrepresent. <laughs> Mr. Healy Ray said, It's easy to know that fellas who are talking about stopping people eating meat never worked hard. Because if you're a hard worker and do a hard day's work, there's nothing to bring you back and to revive you again than a piece of good meat. Whether it's bacon and cabbage or whether it's a beef or mutton stew. If you don't have it, then you won't rise out the following day and it is easy to know these people that are suggesting that we should give up eating meat, they never did a day's work. If there was a shovel put in their hands, they'd starve with the hunger because they won't make it until dinner time. Um, I wonder what he has to say about um, farmers in uh, South India. <laughs> <laughs> so... What Danny Healy Ray is telling you there is A, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you've never worked a hard day's uh, day in your life, a day's work in your life. Yep. Um, and B, all, so basically, uh, also vegans and vegetarians can't be laborers. And laborers are only able to do the job they do because of stew. Uh, a piece of good meat. A piece of good meat. All leader, all labourers need a piece of good meat. Danny Heatheray, stick, stick, stick that on a billboard. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Healy Ray running for running for re-election under the campaign of "I'll give you a good piece of meat." <laughs> I'd vote from. Mr. Healy Ray said he isn't saying the climate doesn't change and said it has back over the centuries. But he added, it's people suggesting that they can actually control the weather or change the weather situation. That's where they're wrong. And I don't agree with that. My people just think the vegans can control the weather these days. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have heard that if you just stop eating all all, uh, uh, animal produce. That's got to be like the ultimate straw man. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that a plot line in, uh, uh, what you call it, um... Scott Pilgrim versus the versus yeah, the world. Ve- yeah, yeah, veganism, good, good vegans, veganism gives you superpowers. Yeah. So uh, apparently, Michael Healy, uh, Danny Healy Ray thinks uh, veganism turns you into one of the X Men. And uh, well, fucking sign me up, son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is what was it? Uh, and uh, like, if, uh, also as part of this story, um, Fianna Fáil TD Jackie Cahill accused Mr. Fradker of making a flippant comment that's totally inappropriate for a head of government and damaging to a hugely important industry. Mr. Cahill said the industry is on its knees at the moment due to low beef prices. And once again, this whole thing got trotted out by the by uh, Danny Healy Ray of, uh, Varadkar needs to remember that he's the uh, Taoiseach for the entire country, not just for Dublin. Whatever. I mean, that, yeah, that I mean, I mean, I mean that, that's a bit poxy. Uh, I can understand the other guy's concerns uh, in that if he is uh, like, a, like a, an advocate or, a, or a, um, a lobbyist for the beef industry in Ireland because that is going to be on its knees quite soon with the Brexit thing because the UK is the uh, biggest uh, importer of Irish beef that we have. So uh, yeah, but like it's a bit of it's a... It's going to be a massive... If, if nothing else, it's going to be a big time of flux and uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, but it's a big stretch now to turn around and go, oh, do you know what? Like uh, That comment by Varadkar saying that he's trying to eat less meat is really to insulting. Be honest, I th- I th- to be honest, I think it's one of the best things he could do for the beef industry. Oh, because now they love Because everyone's going to go, Varadkar's in... Fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to eat fuck, twice as many fuck steaks. Fuck that guy. I'm going to eat steaks to spite him. <laughs> and uh, I think he should be applauded. <laughs> 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 it's clearly his, his way to incentivize the flagging beef trade. 
by pissing people off so much that they're going to eat more red meat. Yeah, they'll just do shit to spite them. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Like, uh, fair play to the Healy Rays now because not to be outdone by his slack-jawed brother, Michael Healy Ray was uh Actually, that's, uh, to be honest, that, just, just to cut across you there for a second, it's one of the first things I thought was, what's Michael up to? <laughs> Danny said something fucking stupid. What's Michael up to? Unfortunately, it doesn't actually seem as though Michael's up to and insidious at the moment. He seems to also just be in a tick because he came out the following day and said that uh, people avoiding eating meat to help climate change is crazy and it's just a fad. <laughs> uh, again, exact quote. You're telling people that uh, you're telling people so that if we don't all stop eating meat, the world is going to end as we know it. I think that's a load of rubbish. I don't mean that in a dismissive way. It's my honest opinion. And uh, he went on RT Radio 1 to say this and was promptly told that your opinion does not equate to fact. Shut up. Yeah, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. Something can be your opinion and insulting. Like, my opinion of him is that he's a fucking tick. That's very <laughs> insulting. <laughs> I met him once. And it's meant to be. <laughs> I met him once. He uh, didn't really seem to understand what was going on. Best photo op of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I think that's it for Punchables. Uh, yeah. So all the punches gone. Yeah. Shout out to um, Tesco Butter Biscuits. Chocolate coated butter biscuits. They're really nice. Very tasty. Mm. It's nice that we've moved on from the last o- leftover Christmas biscuits. Yes, it is. Mm. We finally finished them this week. <laughs> Thank fuck. It only took us until the end of January. Um, we finished those biscuits quicker than uh, Trump was able to pass a budget. Uh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Eat Look, biscuits. If bi- if, yeah, if a, bi- if a biscuit's gone off, that's... Eat. <laughs> Eating biscuits. Easier than sorting a budget. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Um, what was the one I was going to say? The the only other thing, just come back on the the, the Healy Ray thing, uh, briefly. Joe uh, really really pissed me off about it though. Is the simple fact that this is this was the biggest news in Irish politics for about two days when the doll first came back. So with everything that's been going on in Europe and with the UK and Brexit. The thing that's pissing the Healy Rays and other politicians off most is what Varadkar's eating for dinner. Correct. Yes. <sighs> I mean, what else would you be pissed off about? Ah, uh, you know. They can't give out about um, Arlene Foster. That's, I'm pretty sure that's in the Good Friday Agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Article 4 of the Good Friday Agreement. Thou shalt not give out about Arlene Foster if you're in, in an elected position. Strikes me as something she put in there. Uh, you know what, if uh, that is in the Good Friday Agreement, I can never run for elected position because I will break the Good Friday Agreement Shucks. to call that woman a stupid cow. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for Punchables, I think. Yeah. Okay. Punchables um, took long because, it, to be fair, it also tied into most of my other points about yeah. this week. Um, I've got very little EU news this week. Um, I've got... One thing on the Hungarian workers' strike. <laughs> the Hungarian workers' strike. Yeah. It happened. Uh, <laughs> 4,000 people... Uh, Startling journalism. Sorry, 2,000 people gathered in central Budapest um, to, 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 to protest this slave law, which is over, uh, basically forced overtime. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, what is it? Uh, Hungarian firms to demand 400 hours of annual overtime from workers and gives them three years to make payment for it. So within... Three years, they have to do 400 hours of overtime. No, no, no. Annually, 400 hours of annual overtime. Right. And gives them three years to make payment for it. So they have three years to pay you for the forced overtime. Jesus. It's being called a slave law. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah, it's, it's basically extorting 400 hours of free overtime I mean, from your workers it... and giving you three years to pay, pay, pay it back, which is plenty of time to restructure, negotiate, restructure your finances so mm-hmm. that you happen to go bankrupt and don't have to pay it. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those weird things where you're kind of going like, nah, I mean, like, it's not literal slavery. It's closer to endangered servitude, which is a nice word for slavery. And it is different, but yeah. Um, it was but different, yeah, on Friday, on Friday, same. About 4,000 employees at an Audi factory in Western Hungary held a two-hour warning strike over low wages. Good for them. Yeah. Um, the broadly popular government insists the overtime reform is fair, however and allows willing workers to earn more money and benefit from a labour shortage in Hungary, which is exacerbated by Mr. Orban's anti-immigration policy. <laughs> we don't have enough workers. You all need to work, like, millions of overtime. 
could we not just let more immigrants in so that we could have more workers? No. Do the overtime. But for free, though. Yeah. For three years. Can you imagine being so... <laughs> can you imagine being so xenophobic and opposed to immigrants coming in that you would turn your own people into slaves? Um, No. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I cannot. I can't um, imagine it's a platform I'd run on. But yeah, that's uh that's one that's one for that. Yeah. Um and then there's more there's just more trickling out about this uh the, the, the far right thing in uh Andalusia, the Vox party. Yeah. Um the oh yeah, this is the the, the uh, I know what it is, but can I explain it? one? Yeah, basically the the, the far right kind of party that's after taking over in Andalusia. Uh, well, they didn't take over, but they're after bringing in order to make a coalition. Other centre right parties have had to make a coalition with them, and hence they're bringing the, that government mm. further to the right. Um, which which you know, fight, they they say measures to fight gender violence are ideological and discriminatory against men. This kind of shit. Um, so so the whole thing is that uh, it's been. Since 1975, it's been a socialist government, and this is the first time it's it uh, that the socialist party hasn't been in power. Right. Okay. Um, and it's it's it's, it's so it's the the right wing thing come in, and uh, I was just interested in the origins of this, which is uh, something that I only read up on today. Yeah. I'm gonna start not quoting them because <laughs> that's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's their entire mo is say ridiculous shit, people quote it, and that gets the message out. Yeah. So I'm yeah, gonna yeah. stop. Quoting them saying mad shit. And instead, I'm going to paraphrase. Instead, I'm going to paraphrase it. But um, it was the whole. So, this is George. This is this is your uh, the podcast equivalent of a leave insert essay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Learn it and put it in your own words. So, um, this whole thing came about from. Uh, do you remember the the Catalan vote thing and the whole secession thing from from last year? Oh yeah, I remember seeing and that then, briefly. And then Rajoy sent in. The head head wampers to yeah. womp some heads in there, so it turns out there was a vote of no confidence in him, which passed mm-hmm. and triggered an election, and the, and a and a new bloke got in. Yeah, and this new bloke, um, uh, in the eight months following Rajoy's oustings, uh, this new bloke Pedro Sanchez, which is definitely a name I would make up if I had to make up a Spanish person's name. <laughs> um, sorry, if I had to make up a Mexican person's name, Pedro Sanchez. That's you, do you know what? Yeah. You wouldn't even make that name up because you'd be afraid it'd sound too racist. Yeah. That's yeah. That's kind of my point. <laughs> ben Smith and Pedro Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely make up Ben Smith. Like, um, so uh, in the eight months following Rajoy's ousting Sanchez with the support of Podemos, and we re-established dialogue with the Catalan regional government, but also addressed many social needs of Spaniards. Uh, after years of austerity mergers, uh, they increased the minimum wage and state pensions, and also began a process to exhume Franco's remains from the Valley of the Fallen memorial site. As you do. So this is an interesting one, which is uh, Franco who was the dictator after the Civil War, uh, is buried in uh, the Valley of the Fallen, which is uh, where they buried all the victims of the Spanish Civil War. Yeah, all those people Franco killed. Yeah, so he's buried there as well. And they, they basically say, like, he wasn't killed in that war. We sh- he shouldn't be buried there. And uh, a new article added to the law reads, only the mortal remains of those who died as a consequence of the Spanish Civil War may rest in the Valley of the Fallen as a place of commemoration, memory and tribute to the victims of the conflict. I mean, could you make the argument that uh, he was, he did die as a result of the Spanish Civil War? He no. He wouldn't have been dictator if it wasn't for the Civil War? Um, it doesn't matter how, push, how high-pitched you get. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, basically he pissed off a lot of conservatives. So it did not resolve all of Spain's deep-rooted problems, high levels of unemployment, and progressive stance of the government, which boasts the highest proportion of female cabinet members in the world, unsettled many conservatives of the country. And hence, <laughs> Vox hopped in and got the thing. Right, okay. And that was where I got uh, the whole fucking victim of uh, gender-based jihadism, which is uh, one of their leaders. <laughs> one of their leaders, whose name is... Francisco Serrano which is also a name I would make up because it's named after a ham. <laughs> uh, he's a former judge, was suspended by the Supreme Court after altering visitation arrangements in a custody case in favour of the father without calling the mother to the hearing. As a radical opponent of feminism, Serrano considered himself a victim of gender-based jihadism. Gender-based jihadism. It's he was sacked for phrase. not doing his job properly, and he's a victim of gender-based jihadism. Mm. Which is great. Yeah, and it, yeah, another one of their big main things is they want to kind of celebrate uh, the retaking of the Iberian Peninsula by the Christians of the Muslims. 
Like really get in there and celebrate that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah, that's that's uh, just a bit of history there on what's going on yeah. in Spanish politics because it's something. It's a country that you don't hear a lot from in, no, in these not, kind of things. In, yeah, in these kind of debates, you hear a lot from like you know Macron and 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 mm. from like you know, even Italy with the with the, the five four star league or whatever yeah. they're called the the north northern. Yeah, I know those blokes. Yeah, the, the blokes who blokes who want to uh, get rid of the euro. Those blokes, yeah, even they're making waves and like you hear a lot from a lot of the different uh, things. But Spain is somewhere that's quite big and quite close, and you don't hear a lot from. So it's just kind of interesting mm. to to get a handle on it. Yeah, they don't have quite as much clout on the international stage. It's probably mm. why five star movement. Five I knew it was close. Movement, yeah. One of them was a pizza place, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was a far right uh, political party in Italy, and I couldn't remember which was which. <laughs> Hello, is that five star movement? Can you I'd like a, a large pepperoni Hello? Hello? I like a large pepperoni pizza. What it's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should want me to <laughs> Can you get spicy beef on it? What do you mean it matters how spicy it is? <laughs> uh, can I get that uh, can I do you make uh, the pizza with that ham named after the uh, the Spanish fella? Can I get some of that? Um Jesus, Serrano ham on a pizza would be terrible. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's my Europe news. Yeah. So now uh, I've got any news. Irish news that isn't hasn't been covered already? Uh, no, because the doll only came back last week, and uh, most of it has been spent uh, arguing over whether or not uh, Varadkar had steak or uh, not steak for dinner. Oh, that was that was close to being a good one. It was close. To being a good one. <laughs> You know Steak or falafel, there you go. Nah, do, you know, do you know what I was actually looking for? It was quinoa was the word I was oh, looking yeah. for in my head, Quin- and I just wouldn't come. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and instead I've I'm ruined not ed- I'm, the whole I'm, thing. I'm not editing that. No. You don't edit anything you anyway. Just sit in your shame. That's all right. Um, I've got one from uh, your favorite human being in the world. Oh, who's that? Shane Ross. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Fuck him. His, uh, his judicial <laughs> appointment Ross. bill uh, is still going on in the Senate. Fucking dope. And independent Senator Jared Ger- Crawwell, who you now all point to, uh, is one of a small group of senators who have been involved in a prolonged filibuster of the bill. <laughs> there has been over 70 hours debate at committee stage alone, and we intend to debate it for another 70 hours at least. And that's before legislation gets to the report stage. <laughs> I really hope that some of the filibustering is just people <laughs> reading out like things that Shane Ross has said in his dumb voice. <laughs> I really <laughs> hope it's just reading, reading out testimony from the people whose houses he called in. <laughs> And then Mr. Ross jumped out of the bushes to wish me a happy Christmas. Yeah. So in case anybody hasn't rem- remembered what the Judiciary Bill is, because I certainly hadn't, uh, he said he wants to end what he calls political cronyism in judicial appointments by taking the decisions out of the hands of the judiciary and politicians and transferring it to a new independent appointments commission comprising judges, legal professionals and lay people. He has argued for a lay majority. That's a very funny thing for the Minister for Transport and Sport to worry about. Yeah, it is. It's a good thing we don't yeah. have any transport strikes from Twitter. Oh, never mind. That hasn't been one of them in a while. I haven't had one of them in six months. So yeah, um, the bill has 64 sections and 191 amendments. After three months of committee stage debate, the Shannon has completed section 36. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and in December, uh, Varacker criticised the extended filibuster and referred to the fact that it meant that just, uh, Minister for Justice Charlie Flanagan had not been available for doll business as he was required in the Shannon to <laughs> debate this. <laughs> I'd love it. You're if holding up everything else with this fucking bullshit because one of my ministers has to be over there. <laughs> I'd love it if Charlie Flanagan actually wasn't like needed for it at all, but was just he just really doesn't want to be in the doll debates. So it's just <laughs> Leah, I can't. I the the judges think I've got, like, I've got a sick me. note. I've got a sick note. I, I yeah, I really hope like ninety percent of that filibustering is just somebody reading it out, just kind of going, I, "I'm Shane Roth, and I think that judges shouldn't be able to be voted by politicians." I think that there should be a minimum distance between cyclists and, and cars. That got stop, shot down. Yeah, stop stop saying the thing, reasonable things that he says if you're going to say it in a stupid voice. <laughs> it is a perfectly reasonable thing. However, it's, it's, next, it's, it, it's a stupid law to introduce because it's impossible to actually police. Yeah, that's like the, the whole point of it is you don't like... You don't, you don't like uh, fucking penalise people who are driving like 1.4 metres away from people you penalise people who are driving like one metre or half metre away from people and then say you had the whole other metre and a half yeah but you, you, you know? the other problem with it as well was the fact that there's so many places where that just simply doesn't work because the roads aren't wide enough yeah I mean it's so it doesn't make any sense uh, yeah look it I it's, will it's, not it's, give it's, that man any credit not even for the good things 
Um, so that's it for this week. Uh, I believe. I so. Yeah, I don't. Have I've got else. nothing else written down. You've got nothing else written down. No. Um, uh, I've I... got two and finalies. Ooh. And steak knife has an and finally. So you can take steak knives and finally. Ah, cool. So I'll do one first, and then you you read up on that one. And then I'll do the surprise and finally. So my first one is uh, a wonderful headline from The Independent, which is uh, Donald Tusk did an interview. Yeah. Uh, and he's revealed that he told David Cameron to get real over his stupid Brexit referendum. <laughs> <laughs> exact quote. In an interview for the new BBC documentary, Donald Tusk said he told the then Prime Minister that there was no appetite among other countries for changes to the EU just because the UK was going to hold a stupid referendum. <laughs> I hope you said it really condescendingly as well. There's no appetite for this just because you're going to hold a stupid Ooh, referendum. I, I wonder whose wording this is. He also revealed that Mr. Cameron thought he would not. He, he also revealed that Mr. Cameron thought he could ultimately get away with not actually holding the plebiscite on EU membership because it would be blocked by his then coalition partners, the Lib Dems. Ooh, plebiscite. Plebiscite. Good word. Mm. Don't even know what it. I, just, I don't even know what that means. I imagine that gets you a lot of points in Scrabble. Oh yes. Eh, not actually. A lot of lot of lot of S's and T's in there. Yeah, but it's long. Like like, like P P and B are yeah. Hit, it, hit hit that on a couple of double or triple word scores and you're laughing. Um, recounting events, Mister Tung said, "I told him, I, I told him bluntly, come on, David, get real. I know that all prime ministers are promising to help you, but believe me, the truth is, no one has an appetite for revolution in Europe only because of your stupid referendum. <laughs> <laughs> if you try to force us to hurry us, you will lose everything. And for the first time, I saw something close to fear in his eyes. He finally realized what a challenge he was facing." But he's I got want it. Donald Tusk to start writing novels. I mean, oh man, c- can I go back in time? I want a dramatic reading I w- of I, w- I want to go back in time and put David Cameron on punchable faces because he got off scot-free. He pulled a Bertie on it, man. He did. He literally went, oh, it didn't go my way, bye. Yeah, I, 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 am, I am stepping down as Prime Minister and I'm going to take my pension and I'm going to fuck off into obscurity. Do your problem and now. Fuck <laughs> as many pigs as I want. Right, go on, what's your one? Sorry, I'm just still thinking of that line. It's like, and for the first time, I saw fear in his eyes. I saw something close to fear in his eyes. <laughs> as he knew <laughs> that he was facing a challenge. <laughs> cue epic sound. Uh, cue Ooh. epic music. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to read this. Re- I'm just going to read this out. <clears throat> Two stolen penguins have been rescued by unflappable police officers acting on a tip-off. The Humboldt penguins were reported missing after they were taken from a zoo in November. Nottinghamshire police said they found the pair in Strelly Village on Wednesday after putting our beak in. The birds have since been returned and a 23-year-old man from Preston arrested on suspicion of burglary and theft and has been released under investigation. Sergeant Andrew Browning said the report had ruffled a few feathers at the station. (laughs) As a member of the police force, it must be nice when you get to make a fun press conference every now and again. Yeah, I'd say when one of those stories comes up, it is genuinely a case of like, I've got one, I've got one, can we work this in? I'd say a circulatory email is just sent around the office going, anyone who has puns relating to birds or penguins, please give them to the sergeant before two o'clock and he'll try and work them into the press conference. (laughs) Uh, my is there last one in one... there about the case being black and white? <laughs> <laughs> my last one comes from um, uh, Azealia Banks was uh, oh, this, yeah. ejected from uh, an Aer Lingus flight. Uh, caution, some viewers may find some of the language herein offensive. Uh, Jesus, if Strong you're... language follows as I am directly quoting Azealia Banks <laughs> saying anything. Please, please ignore the previous hour. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> All right. So in, in her own words, uh, an Aer Lingus flight attendant asked me some questions. And when I couldn't answer them, the attendant went a couple of seats over and was just like staring at me. And I'm like, girl, don't stare at me. I didn't fill out like your Aer Lingus work application. She then goes to the captain of the plane and lies and says that I said, don't stare at me. I'll sort you out. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm from New York City. I don't even say shit like that. They all just crowd around me and like chastise me like I'm some kind of fucking animal. I've worked too hard in my life to be cornered by some fucking ugly Irish bitch. These fucking ugly Irish women here. <laughs> they tried their hardest to get me to say something or do something or freak out or something. She also said she was told she could never fly with the airline again. Um, It's always the same shit when I come to the UK. This was flying from Gatwick to Ireland and she got off the plane before it departed. Right, okay. Getting singled out by haggard old white ladies every fucking time. <laughs> They're like, oh, who's this black girl in the business class? They're all trying to play you like it's not racism. 
It's the same shit with y'all. Y'all fucking ugly ass bitch Erlingus bitches. <laughs> End quote. You know, a spokesperson for Erlingus said, Erlingus has a strict no tolerance policy towards disruptive guest behavior. The safety and security of our guests and crew remains our first priority. In most cases with a story like this, my attitude would be, okay, let's just sit back. Let's wait for, you know, it, the whole story to come out. Let's not let tempers flare and all this kind of stuff. But the reason I won't in this instance <laughs> is because of a simple Google search, which is... You can all do at home. Azealia Banks wardrobe. And that is your homework for this evening, people. And just, just, just Google Azealia Banks wardrobe. Yeah. And that's why I believe in Aer Lingus. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I believe the corporate press conference <laughs> press release. So, uh, yeah, that about wraps us up. Yeah, I got nothing else. Cool. That was a good episode. I think so. Uh, yeah. Shout out Tasty Biscuits. Nom, nom, nom. Uh, yeah, Tesco Butter Things. Uh, slightly oh. more extensive than the, uh, the Chocolate Digestive, which is also sitting there untouched because the butter ones were so tasty. Yeah. Uh, I drank my tea really quickly, so I didn't um, have... I got a hot supper in punchable faces. Ooh. So I wasn't able to eat the, the digestives. They would have tried mouth out too much. I'll see. Jeb, higher Pre- price point. Well worth it. Mm. Uh, just brief uh, aside, though, uh, Mr. Soros, if you're listening, <laughs> we think your check may have gotten lost in the post. Um, yeah, I think we weren't in. So uh, a brick was put through the post office uh, window with our address on it and we had to go pick it up. It was uh, it was highly embarrassing. So yeah, next time, if we're not in, just uh, just just like just leave it through next just, door's just break window. it through next door's window and they'll give it into us. Yeah. Grant. Yeah, that's it. That's business sorted. Um, uh, like, share, and subscribe. Yeah, do, yeah, do all, do all that poxy shit. Yeah. Um, it does help. I mean, last week I didn't even share my Facebook page and we only got like 10 listens. So, yeah. Uh, so thank you to all 10 of you. <laughs> uh, well, I, I find that the, the numbers tend to go up over time. It's, yeah. it's really yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Like but if, you, but if, if you haven't liked the Facebook page... Do because yeah. that's where we post it, and we don't repost it anywhere else. Um, or if you do any sound through RSS, you can get get onto a true SoundCloud as well. Mm. Um, so it's either that, or we have to start looking at hosting sites. Fuck that! We have to no. pay. Have to start paying Stitcher money yeah. to. And I refuse to pay. Fa- like uh, Facebook's gone up. Last time we were doing this, uh, it was like, hey, you can boost your page and reach like you know two thousand people if you pay us five quid. Now it's like twenty six quid. <laughs> I'm not made of I'm not, dollars. I'm not spending. Fuck you. <laughs> We've got biscuits to buy, man. <laughs> That's um, like half of our overheads. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, thank you for listening to our shy talk. That's we will good. see you next week. It's a good time because I'm actually off next Monday evening. Uh, yeah, so am I. Sweet. Oh yeah, four yeah. in a row. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've literally doubled last year's output. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've been Connor and I've been Rob. Thank you for listening. I love you. Thanks. Bye bye. You're lovely. Bye.